Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Good morning, and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We have a topic today that may make you want to stop and think. You may want to even take some notes. Today we are discussing eating to maintain a strong body and mind as we age. I'm not sure how many of you have ever considered the fact that what you eat every day, day in and day out, affects how well you age. I'm Joanne Rideout. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. And for someone who graduated from high school many years ago in the 70s, this topic is near and dear to me. In fact, I feel a lot better six years later. Then I did when I started working here. I feel the same way, Joanne. Yeah, isn't that great? So joining me today in this discussion is Carolyn Hudson. You just heard her, who's also a registered and licensed dietitian. And I think she may have graduated from high school close to the time I did. Well, <laughs> Joanne, I, gra- I did graduate from high school around the same time as you did. But let's just say we are both seasoned licensed dietitians absolutely (laughs) that's good so the information we will be sharing today is something we strongly believe in and also practice first of all i think it's important to keep strong muscles Um, i learned that decades ago from my mother who is 91 years young i like to say of course Uh, she's still kayaking on lake superior and she also hikes uh the trails around our cabin. So what should you do to keep healthy, strong muscles? Of course, I'm sure many of you are thinking resistance training or strength training because we need exercise to maintain our strength. And yes, we definitely do need exercise. And that recommendation is out there strongly. But Also, to build and maintain your muscles, you must supply your body with the building blocks it needs. So if you don't, you can exercise an hour or more every day and nothing will happen. So what builds muscles? The simple answer is quality protein. So what type of protein is best for building and maintaining muscles? Animal protein is actually the best. That means you can have eggs or cottage cheese or whey protein powder, yogurt, beef, pork, turkey, chicken, lamb, seafood, and fish. You know, I've noticed as many of my clients age over the years, they seem to lose their appetite for protein. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes that really baffles me, but um, they start cutting back on the amount of protein they eat. And then they cut back even more and more. So they're really only eating a few ounces every day. I find that they're cutting back their protein, but, you know, having more carbs. Right. right? And I've seen that, too. So eating only three or four ounces of protein each day is just not enough protein to maintain your muscle mass. I remember in the 80s and 90s when people were eating low protein because... It was also kind of connected to that low fat, Mm -hmm. but that's simply not true. 
I often tell clients to think about a bodybuilder who is trying to build his or her lean muscle mass. They eat protein. Of course, they eat little to no processed carbs or sugar. So protein helps make muscles and sugar and processed carbs make the fat that appears on our bodies. So, yeah, in the past, eating about nine ounces of protein daily was recommended for most women. But recent research has found that as we age, we actually need more protein than that. Mm -hmm. At the very minimum, we recommended um, at least 12 ounces of protein daily or about 84 grams of protein. However, most older adults do better with even more than that, That's 100 right. That's grams right. of protein or about 14 ounces of right. meat. That's right. And because quality protein is so important to maintain or preserve our muscle mass, Carolyn and I would like to give you some basic ideas on what you can do to successfully put that plan into practice. Eating enough protein to build or rebuild or preserve your muscles you may want to grab some paper and a pencil and jot down these ideas. Our first recommendation is to eat real meat. Carolyn just referred to that earlier. Preferably, this real meat comes from grass-fed animals, and as often as possible. So I'm sure many of you are thinking, why do I need grass-fed meat? The answer is twofold. Grass-fed meat actually contains more healing nutrients and contains far less toxic hormones or pesticide residue and other undesirable chemicals. And it's also best to eat wild-caught fish and not farm-raised fish at all times. So I always say to my clients, protein builds muscles and supports energy as well as a good metabolism. So here's a suggestion for both a protein-packed breakfast and a morning snack. So for breakfast, I suggest cooking two eggs and a cup of vegetables in butter, you know, real butter, of course. And that meal has about two ounces of protein. Now, if you get up really early in the morning, then about three hours later, you might need a snack, right? And then I would recommend about two thirds cup of plain full fat yogurt. Mm-hmm. I like to stir in a scoop, an extra scoop of whey protein powder, and I add a handful of uh, walnuts and some blueberries, about a half a cup of blueberries. That's a great snack. That sounds good. The two-thirds cup of uh, full-fat plain yogurt has about nine grams of protein, and that one scoop of whey protein powder has about 17 grams of protein for 26 grams, or a total of like four ounces I add um, I add walnuts because, of course, they're a really healthy fat and are considered great brain food. Have you ever noticed how much the walnut resembles the shape of the folds of your brain, Joanne? That's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and I suggest the blueberries because they are very high in antioxidants and are can also considered a brain food. Additionally, they're easy and they taste really great especially this time of the year right right that sounds like a great snack and then after that snack about three hours later you uh, may be ready for lunch often i make up um, chicken chili a couple of my two favorite recipes from our cookbook are the 
are the chicken chili and the chili we make with ground beef also. Yep, I Both love those. Of those are great recipes. So if I make up that chicken chili, I then store it in two cup serving size containers so that I can just heat them up and have an easy, tasty, protein-packed lunch. So I generally make that recipe at the beginning of the week and pack those lunch uh-huh. containers so that every time I run out the door and go to work, I've got that container of yeah, chili Yeah, stocking up that freezer, right? And if I have any extra, <laughs> I throw them in the freezer. That's right. <laughs> so at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, for a batch of chili, we suggest using about two pounds of ground meat to one can of beans. Yeah, that's, that's what makes our recipe different, right, Joanne? Right, that is. Lots of people make chili with one, one pound of ground beef and a couple, two, three cans of beans. Right. And then the protein ratio is not quite high enough, and it ends up being uh-huh. too high in carbs. So um, for this chicken chili recipe, to make it creamy, I add a can of coconut milk. And so I have my healthy fat. That's going to help me be satisfied for the next three hours or so. So one and a half to two cups of chili is another four ounces or so of protein. So if you had breakfast and a morning snack, you're up to about 10 ounces of protein already for the day. Yep. Yeah. We're getting there, right? We are. Some of my clients really like to have a light afternoon snack. I think afternoon snacks, for me, I, I know I can't get through the day without my afternoon snack. But this can be something as simple as a half a cup of full-fat cottage cheese with a few berries and some pecans sprinkled on top. And some some of my clients uh, have a little salmon salad or chicken salad and a few carrot sticks. This comes to at least one ounce of protein. So now you're up to 11 ounces of protein. And I think it's time it's for break. Almost time for break. Yeah. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. This may surprise you, but drinking water is one of the secrets of successful aging. Our bodies are composed of up to 60% water. And if you are dehydrated, your cells just won't work proper, properly. Even if you're mildly dehydrated, it can lead to fatigue, headaches, a lack of mental clarity constipation, and wrinkles. So severe dehydration can impact your organs. And we recommend drinking about 8 to 10 glasses of filtered water daily. And drinking herbal iced tea can also be included in that total. I make up a delicious herbal tea and serve it over rice with a twist, or ice. (laughs) Sorry, did that sound like rice? (laughs) Ice with a twist of lemon. It's very satisfying and helps keep me hydrated and supports my memory. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today, we are discussing how to maintain a strong body and mind as we age. In addition to eating to support our muscles and brain, we must support our bones. We actually have to feed our bones the correct nutrients to have them remain strong and flexible. We need protein to build the structure of the bones. We need those healthy natural fats to make the bone mesh for all the minerals to attach to. So eating sugar or low-fat meals are detrimental to the health of our bones. Our answer to how do we keep a healthy body in mind is eat real food 
like most of our great-grandparents ate. Yeah, isn't that right, Joanne? It is. So before we went to break, we were talking about how to get enough protein at breakfast and snacks and lunch to maintain a strong body and mind as we as we age. So now we're going to go on to dinner, right? That's right. So as people get older, they're just not that hungry for the evening meal. I've I've heard a lot of people comment on that that maybe mm-hmm. they don't eat quite as much at the evening meal as earlier in the day. So I suggest keeping it real simple. Maybe you can eat a small pork chop or a half cup of tuna salad or chicken salad, both without any pasta, of course, and add some sliced tomatoes and cucumbers, peppers. A half a cup of tuna is 16 grams or about four more ounces of protein. The total amount of protein you have eaten here is about 14 to 15 ounces then for the day so far. Mm -hmm. And certainly a sufficient amount to preserve your muscle mass. Eating small amounts of protein throughout the day is a very positive way of eating to practice a healthy diet of protein-rich foods that will build or maintain your muscle mass. So please note it's much easier to preserve or maintain your muscle than to rebuild it. That's really important. It is. It is. You want to keep it there. You Mm want to keep it strong. Yeah. And and we can't do it just by that weight bearing exercise and, you know, things like that. We have to we have to eat to support those muscles. Right. Exactly. So as dietitians, we know protein helps maintain muscle, but in In addition, protein is considered the building block to keeping a strong mind. So in your small intestinal tract, protein actually breaks down and helps support your neurotransmitters. I think that's a surprise to a lot of people. You actually make those neurotransmitters in your gut. That's right. A lot of my clients go, what? I thought we made them in our brain. So a good supply of neurotransmitters actually helps to keep your memory working and also helps to support good moods. So when I'm working with a client and they complain of having those hmm, senior moments like, where did I leave those keys or what did I come into this room for? Um, It's a sign to me that maybe they're eating too much sugar or bread or snacks and not enough good fat and animal protein. That's right. So let's look at the simple chemistry of how you develop your neurotransmitters or those brain chemicals. Mm -hmm. First, you need to eat animal protein that gets broken down or metabolized in your small intestine tract. And proteins broken down by probiotics, usually bifidobacteria. And that creates a variety of amino acids, and those are the building blocks of protein. They then get turned into various neurotransmitters or brain chemicals. So some of them help with a, a calm mood. Others help with our focus and our memory. And so by eating sufficient protein, you have the ability to maintain good working memory and positive moods. So here's a reminder why eating sufficient protein is so important to you. And it gives you the ability to develop and maintain a good working memory and positive moods. Yeah, you know, I think it's really important for everyone to develop a mindset that will help you focus on aging well. And of course, that starts with nutrition. 
Not only do we need to eat enough protein, we also must have sufficient good bacteria, like that bifido that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. in our gut to metabolize the protein and to make those neurotransmitters. So again, those neurotransmitters are the chemical messengers that help our cells communicate with one another. And we have a sending cell and we then also have those healthy cell receptors on the receiving cell that allows the cells to actually communicate effectively. That's right. So those cell receptors that are the best receivers are are those where the cell walls are made up of good natural fats such as butter or coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil, nuts, olives, or avocados. So when the cell receptors are made up of the bad or refined and highly processed fats, those bad fats like soybean oil, corn oil, canola oil, or cottonseed oil, the cell receptor doors or those entry points on the cell receptors are covered with a hard and crusty coating. Therefore, it blocks some of the receiving that they might be doing. Mm -hmm. So, Joanne... In order to build healthy cells, you're saying like those, all of the cells' membranes are Mm -hmm. made up of fat, right? So we really need those healthy fats to have good, healthy cell walls and healthy cell receptors. Exactly. So other foods that block cell reception are sugar and processed carbs that turn into sugar when we eat them, of course. And, you know, as I was sitting down um, at a social gathering fairly recently, I noticed almost everyone ordered sandwiches or burgers. And, of course, that's two slices of bread or or a nice big bun, right? Mm -hmm. And each slice of bread is equal to about six teaspoons of sugar. So, guess what? Two slices is going (laughs) to equal... 12 teaspoons of sugar. Wow. That's a lot. You know, I just, I sat back, I ordered my my grilled salmon and sautéed asparagus because, of course, I want my cell receptors to stay open. And in order to eat uh, in a way for you to age well, I believe it's really necessary to develop this attitude of wellness. Um, I am eating basically to support my body and my brain. And I have developed this attitude of wellness and commitment to myself. And I'm doing everything I can to age well. And it starts with food. I always say to my clients, the eating habits and behaviors you develop during 40 and uh, during your 40s or 50s or even 50 to 60 will shape either good health or sickness as you grow older. Yeah, that's really important. Um, I think it's almost time just about for time break. for break. Yep. So um, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Here are a few alarming facts. About 80% of women today have osteoporosis. Wow. Approximately one in two women age 50 and older will break a bone. Mm-hmm. More women die each year uh, of a broken bone than from breast cancer or uterine cancer. That's alarming, isn't it? It is. Building strong bones starts with your food choices. I know as many of you get older, you're no longer cooking for your family. So you say, oh, I'm done with, I'm so done with this cooking stuff. 
the reality is it's absolutely necessary to feed your bones uh, enough protein, beneficial fat, and vegetables to keep your bones strong. Or else your bone density scan just may show up with some major bone loss. If you can relate to maybe not wanting to cook or maybe not eating enough protein or fat, we want you to know at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have hundreds of women who restore their bones with food and key supplements. I also want you to know it doesn't miraculously happen overnight, but it does happen. And I recommend that you should maybe take our class, Preventing Osteoporosis with Bone Building Food. The cost of this class um, this month is is only $10, and it will motivate and inspire you to take care of your bones. Just call our office at 651-699-3438 to register, or you can do it online at weightandwellness.com. And we'll be right back. At the end of a busy day, it can be tough to get motivated to get out the door for another obligation. And once you're cozy at home, who wants to go back out? But you still want to work on ways to feel better, and nutritional weight and wellness can make that easier. Right now, their popular Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods class is available online, so you can balance your time, too. This class shows you how to use real food to reduce negative moods, increase energy, improve memory, and manage stress. And did I mention it's delicious? Get the same breakthrough coursework taught by the experts at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, but from your home and on your schedule. Learn how to feel better with the Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods class and do it in your slippers and sweatpants. Sign up today. Go to weightandwellness.com and register in a snap. It's online learning from Nutritional Weight and Wellness that helps you balance your time too. Go to weightandwellness.com. What are you waiting for? Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I want to tell you more about our August $10 class special. That's really a bargain. Mm-hmm. We are offering six of our favorite 90-minute classes for only $10. In addition to preventing osteoporosis with bone-building food, as Car- Carolyn mentioned, we are also offering getting a good night's sleep, eating to reduce pain and inflammation, the magic of minerals, building a better working memory, and last but not least, five steps to boost your metabolism. So I encourage you to take advantage of this great opportunity to learn how you can use nutrition to live a longer and healthier and better life. Check out the dates, times, and locations of all these classes online at weightandwellness.com. So that's really a... A yeah. great offering that we that we're doing this time mm-hmm. of year. Ten dollar classes $10 for ninety classes. minutes. They're great. So at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we often have older classes tell us they're not hungry anymore, especially later in the day. So it's difficult for them to eat. They might eat a few crackers, and that might just fill them up. Sometimes the solution to a poor appetite is to take a zinc supplement. of people in the United States are deficient in the mineral zinc. So when you're deficient, you often lose your appetite. That makes you also more susceptible to getting colds and viruses more often. Mm -hmm. And people often become zinc deficient when they're not eating sufficient amounts of protein. That sounds like a vicious cycle to me. Yeah, (laughs) really. Another sign of a zinc deficiency is cravings for dessert. 
So if you often say, I just need a little something sweet after my meal, maybe you're deficient in zinc. I just mentioned that nearly three quarters of the population is deficient in the mineral zinc. And that's about seven out of 10 or 70 out of 100 people. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. And then the food source for zinc is animal protein. Oh, so another reason we, we need animal protein, we do. right? <laughs> so uh, we really need to eat sufficient protein uh, because it's also a good source of B12, vitamin B12. Mm-hmm. And for many people, as they age, they produce less gastric acid. And that makes it very difficult to absorb vitamin B12. And, of course, we need that for energy and for our nerves. And all of us have a little chemistry lab in our gut, actually. Yep. And we can and, in fact, should be producing sufficient levels of B12 to stay healthy. In order to do that, though, we need a combination of protein plus the, that gastric acid to metabolize the meat, which, in turn, makes that vitamin B12. So people who take acid blockers because of heartburn often become deficient in vitamin B12 and actually start lose start to lose feeling in their hands and feet. In addition, they can become very forgetful. So it's best when you age to avoid acid reducing medication that interferes with your metabolism. So I, I was just saying that I have about 50% of my clients, maybe more, seem to really lack that the proper gastric, gastric mm-hmm. acid in their um, stomach in order right. to metabolize their food, right? So quite often the cause of that acid reflux is could be a sensitivity to certain foods like gluten or sugar or alcohol. But many times, acid reflux just goes away once you cut out all those processed carbs and sweet foods, right, Joanne? That's true. Yeah, we get them on the on a good, healthy uh, eating plan, and that's ah, right. Their their that, acid reflux goes away. That's right. You know, and the acid reflux or the acid reducing medications are so predominant. They really are. And when you were saying half of your clients, I was thinking, yeah, at least half at of least. my clients are on some kind of a acid-reducing medication. So we know that 65 million people at least take these acid-reducing medications. And what a shame. Yeah. Because it's causing some damaging effects like, you know, yeah, tingling. There's, mm-hmm. there's long-term effects n- Nerve there. damage. And the other thing is, if they just change their food, that would go away. Right. So, as you age, eating the high-quality protein can improve your moods, um, boost your immune system and your resistance to stress, helps us with anxiety and depression, and even helps you think more clearly. I've heard that from so many clients. Mm -hmm. I don't have brain fog anymore. Haven't you heard that? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And even bacon and deli meat is okay to eat. If that source is from grass-fed animals, so we're looking for a grass-fed animal source without nitrates or antibiotics, it's important to avoid those chemically-laden meat products. Remember, it's much easier to preserve or maintain muscle than rebuild it. So eat your protein every single day. Yes, and have protein throughout the day, right? Exactly. A lot of people aren't used to doing that. 
So now we've talked about what to eat to maintain your muscle mass. Maybe we need to discuss what we should and should not eat to preserve a strong mind as we age. So I recently ran across a noteworthy article uh, that quotes some very impressive research um, on Alzheimer's disease. The title of the article is The Startling Link Between Sugar and Alzheimer's. This article points out that eating a high-carb diet and having higher blood sugar levels are associated with cognitive decline. One of the studies in this article followed 189 people over 10 years, and it found that people with higher blood sugar levels had a higher rate of cognitive decline than those with normal blood sugar levels. Yeah, that's really amazing, isn't it? Yes. Several studies have found that people who have type 2 diabetes are about twice as likely to get Alzheimer's. So those are people that have a little bit more sugar in their blood Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. So people have type 2 diabetes, they're being treated with insulin, they're also more likely to get Alzheimer's. So these people often have too much insulin in their bloodstream and elevated Insulin levels increase your risk of getting Alzheimer's. Interestingly, studies have found that there's also a higher risk of dementia in people who are pre-diabetic. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Of course. (laughs) And so all three of those groups of people really would have a little bit higher level of sugar in the blood. Uh Um, So there are nearly 86 million Americans who have pre-diabetes. So let this be a wake-up to call to those of you who are among them. I met with a client a couple days ago, and she came in for the sole reason, and she's someone I had worked with before. She said, my glucose level always tests normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I never even gave, us, gave diabetes a second thought, even though she knew she had it in her family. Mm-hmm. So interestingly, she her husband got a new insurance plan at work, and so... What they were able to go in and have some additional lab testing done. And lo and behold, her hemoglobin A1C was in the pre-diabetes wow. area. Yeah. So that was interesting. So she marveled at that. But she also, you know, we talked about how to make those changes. But then she also talked about how she has nine siblings. She has eight siblings. She has a family nine. of yeah. nine. Yeah. And she has a little list on her phone. She was showing me her bro- her brother and sister's names and um, how she keeps track of what conditions they have, like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and then what medications they're taking. And oh. some, a few of them have diabetes or pre-diabetes. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting. But she said her brother was always teasing her about, oh, you're going to add me to that list now. <laughs> But I thought that was interesting because she said, no, I'm just trying to prevent. And she said, I'm trying to be proactive and prevent, you know, just to be aware of what what can be happening. Right, exactly. So getting back to that, then in a a 2012 study that was led by Dr. Rosebud uh, Roberts from Mayo, Mayo Clinic, a thousand people were studied and put into four groups. The group who ate the most carbohydrates had an 80% higher chance of developing mild cognitive impairment than the group who ate the lowest amount of carbohydrates. So the next step in 
the brain decline of developing mild cognitive impairment is dementia, right? That's right. That's right. So, it looks like it yes, is. Yes. Time for our next, next break. break. Our last break. Yeah. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And I want to introduce you to a bone building supplement that has helped hundreds of people restore their bone density and strength alongside eating real food in balance. This is a complete bone building supplement called Key Osteo Plus. Of course, it contains calcium, vitamin D, and magnesium, but it also contains all the trace minerals that our bones require for strength. And additionally, it contains those B vitamins and many different antioxidants. We've had such amazing results with this product. And you can order Key Osteo Plus online or stop in to one of our seven nutritional weight and wellness locations. If you have any questions for us, you can call us at 651-699-3438 and speak with a real live person. <laughs> uh, or you can just go online and order it um, at weightandwellness.com, all spelled out, and click on vitamins. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you are looking for an anti-aging nutrition plan, join us for our upcoming September Nutrition for Weight Loss series. This is a great series. It includes 12 one-hour classes weekly to help you learn about real food nutrition and also gives you the time um, to put into practice. All of our nutrition educators practice what they preach and they passionately want you to get on board and eat in a way that will help you learn to eat and maintain eat and maintain a strong body and mind as you age. So check out our Nutrition for Weight Loss 12 class series at weightweightandwellness.com or you can call 651-699-3438 to revert, reserve your space. So before we went to break, uh, Joanne, we were uh, talking about what not to eat uh, for uh, for a strong mind and body. Right. So we were talking about eating a lot of processed carbs or too many carbs in general kind of makes those blood sugars go up and down. So that pre-diabetes and even if the blood sugars are just kind of on that roller coaster ride, um, that's not good. Prediabetes or diabetes, those people have a much higher chance of getting Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm-hmm. And I think just just before we went to break, I was saying that there was a study where the group who ate the most carbohydrates had an 80% higher chance of developing mild cognitive impairment compared to the group that ate the lowest amount of carbs. So that's kind of scary and hopefully that should, you know, wake up call. (laughs) Yes, definitely. That's good. Bears repeating. Definitely. So sugar and processed carbs are tempting. We know that they're everywhere. They're quick and easy. They're typically quite tasty. In spite of that, as we age, they really are or should be pretty much off limits. And to be quite frank, the dietitians at nutritionists at Nutritional Weight and Wellness say that sugar and processed carbs really should be off limits for everyone. For everyone. They shouldn't yeah. be in everyone's diet right. what, three or four times a day. Sometimes we find people 
eating those right. you know, candies or ice cream or um, just right. chips. And, and working one-on-one with clients like we both do, we see firsthand so often the, the damaging effects of sugar. And mm-hmm. so our job is to teach people what those things are, right? Right, exactly. So here's another realization about higher blood sugars and diabetes. Um, diabetes or high blood sugars can weaken the blood vessels, yeah, which increase yeah. the risk of having those mini strokes in the brain. That is also another cause of those forms of dementia. So high blood sugar actually causes the brain cells to die. And I always think about, you know, diabetics are taught that it, that if they eat a little extra sugar, if they eat a little extra mm. processed carbohydrates, all they have to do is add a little more insulin. Yes. But that is so damaging. It for, is. T- for your brain, for your body, for all these reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really, really sad. I know um, recently I had a client um, who is pre, no, not pre-diabetic, sorry. She developed uh, type 2 diabetes, came in with an A1C of 10.6. Wow. In June, I think it was. And then I was just in my office uh, this past week. Her A1C is down to 6.5 in wow. two months. So, and I wow. reminded her that A1C is like a three month, uh, you know, accumulation of your blood sugars. Right. So I said by September, which she's going to get her next A1C. Wow. We are going to have you down to 5.6, which where we want you to be. Exactly. And you can discuss getting off your medication for your diabetes. Yeah. In September with your doctor. So she was like, oh, I, I said to her, I, maybe you need to be a, one of our poster childs. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I love exactly. it when we have those great stories, right? It's so nice to see that success. Mm-hmm. So remember when, back when having a cocktail before dinner was just the thing to do? Sure. So nowadays, the majority of people should realize that alcohol is not very good for your brain. Research has found that a nightly habit of two to four glasses of wine raises your risk of dementia. In fact, one study found that people who drank just a moderate amount of wine three times a week developed smaller brains over time than non-drinkers. And of course, we also know that a couple of glasses of wine, like three nights a week, that is going to lead to what those 10 extra pounds in a year sure and it dramatically increases your risk of developing breast or ovarian cancer wow that's amazing yeah 90 percent of our health is related to our nutrition and lifestyle habits so that means our genetics only have about 10 percent influence on our health Many people find this very hard to believe that we can prevent. So we know nutrition and lifestyle habits can absolutely be reformed and managed by each and every one of us. So we could compare that Alzheimer's disease to a slow burning fire. You don't see that at the onset, but by the time you finally see visible signs of it, it's often too late. So all of those months and years of eating processed carbs and processed sugar are fueling that fire. And we don't even realize it 
or the extra alcohol, Mm -hmm. you know, the extra few drinks, you know, now is summer vacation season. It often ends up being more alcohol than one typically drinks. But all of those things are adding up to increasing risk of Alzheimer's disease. And just like that fire, it takes time for damage to occur from eating sugar, factory fats, and drinking alcohol. And sadly, by the time you see the signs you're having memory and mood problems, it might be too late. So just like your muscles, it's much easier to preserve or maintain your brain than it is to change it. And for that reason, I highly encourage you to modify your nutrition and lifestyle habits now to help change and support your your brain. So don't wait until it's too late. Yeah. So today, uh, Joanne, I'm just going to kind of try to recap a few things that we talked about. I think one of the first things we talked about was protein. Protein helps build our muscles and keep them strong. So um, we wanted you to have like a lot more protein than most people are really used to eating. So what do, what did we say? Let's have 12, some protein, yep. protein at breakfast, right? At least mm-hmm. three to four ounces. Another, uh, if you're going to have a morning snack, if you get up early, maybe another ounce or two there. Right. Another four or so ounces at lunch. That's right. Another ounce or two at an afternoon snack right. and another four ounces at dinner, right? That's right. So that would be a great amount of protein to have. That's right. And this, so that adds up to about 12 to 14 ounces of protein each day, which is what we, we generally recommend for women, women. My daughter recently sent me a quick question because she was, she's been breastfeeding. Um, she has a 10 month old and she said, I'm, I'm struggling with, um, you know, she's making enough, um, She's producing enough for nursing, but she is struggling to have extra to pump if she goes someplace. And so she said, so tell me what I need to eat Mm -hmm. to make more. And I, you know, so I went through the basics, kind of like we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're getting enough protein. She's probably wasn't getting enough protein. I said, make sure you have at least 12 ounces, if not 14 ounces Along with hydration. Mm-hmm. Hydration, hydration, right? <laughs> yeah. So same things as aging. Mm-hmm. And good, healthy fats. We need those good, healthy fats. Exactly. So we're at the end of our show today. So our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. And thank you for listening and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.